You're listening to the Take Your Shop podcast, a podcast for wedding photographers and videographers looking to grow and scale their business. I'm your host, Hallie Heather, and my goal is for you to walk away feeling empowered and inspired as you continue to build a business that you're passionate about and that serves both you and your clients well. So whether you're operating as a side hustle or you're looking for tips and tricks on how to improve and scale your business, you, my friend, are in the right place. You don't have to figure it all out on your own, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Take Your Shot podcast. Today, I've got my CPA on, Drake, and he's got so much insight to share with you. Before we begin, I want to provide an important disclaimer. The content shared in this podcast is informational purposes only. So we are not providing any specific tax, financial, legal, or any other advice to any individual or entity. So always consult with your own tax, legal, or financial professional before making decisions related to your specific business. So now that I have that out of the way, let's get into the show. So Drake, I'm super happy to have you on today. For our listeners who do not know you, do you mind giving a brief introduction of like who you are and kind of what you do? Yeah. So I'm Drake. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota here, and I've been a CPA since about 2015. And for the last few years, I've been running a business called Cinch Accounting, focused on helping small business owners and entrepreneurs with their accounting and tax planning and preparation. And funny enough, I've worked with dozens of people in the wedding industry. I myself kind of more as a side business run the photography business as well. It's definitely something I love doing. So kind of through that, I've gotten connected with tons of people in the wedding industry, whether it's like DJs, event planner, designer, florists, another videographer, photographer type people. So definitely love working with the wedding industry and I've had a yeah, great time getting to work with you and your business too. Yeah, we've really had a great experience working with you. It's been so fun and you do such a great job, which we can talk about later at the end of the episode if anyone's interested in learning more. But to dive in, I would love to learn a little bit more about kind of like what is a CPA? So you're a CPA. I think as people who run their own business, there's so many different hats we wear. And I think sometimes people are trying to do a lot of things themselves. But I'd love to know a little bit about, okay, so what is a CPA in terms of like what you guys do? And what are the benefits of working with a CPA? Yeah. So basically, the CPA stands for Certified Public Accountant. To become a CPA, basically, you need to go into school for accounting, and then you have to pass a series of exams afterward to kind of solidify that you know the knowledge um, that you've learned in school, hopefully. What that means on a day-to-day basis for me is I am familiar with best practices with accounting and tax laws and, and things like that. So working with CPA is, is something that a business owner can really benefit from. That's awesome. And so when someone is working with a CPA, what are some of the biggest benefits that they would get from doing that? Yeah. So I think a lot of people can, you know, file file a tax return themselves or do, or do accounting themselves. But a lot of times there might be things they're missing, whether it's the organization of the accounting, whether it's taking advantage of all the possible expenses or deductions that they can, or making sure things are done as accurately as possible. So a CPA is going to know how to do that in the best way. And then on the tax side, there's the tax laws that are always changing and can be really complicated for someone that's trying to manage a business to do themselves. So working with a CPA can definitely just, first of all, have you let you have peace of mind that things are getting done right. And then a lot of times there's actual money that can be saved through different strategies or, or just higher level of organization that a CPA can manage. 
That's awesome. And I know from my experience working with you has been really helpful just having someone who can take another look at your business and give you ways to be more effective or efficient. And honestly, the more organized has been super helpful. And I know one thing that we have done in the last couple of years is talk about structuring, uh, which I think would be a great topic to talk about. So with people who are running their own photography or videography business, I think a big question that people come across, especially early on, is how should they structure their business? Would you mind speaking to a little bit of like the different types of structures and kind of how to determine what's a good one for you? Definitely. Yeah. So I would say setting up a business structure is probably something, even if you're running a business on the side and it's not a major source of income for you yet, it's probably smart to do just because it's not too complicated to do it. So there are a couple, a couple different structures that you can do. And this is, this is part of where, it, you know, your situation would depend kind of how I would probably advise setting it up. But in, for the most people, setting up an LLC at the very least would be really helpful. Basically, what that's going to do is it's going to create a legal structure that separates you personally from the structure of your business. So people that are attorneys or, or business lawyers will say, like, this is a really important thing just to protect yourself legally from your, for your business. That That is smart to do. And in Minnesota, at least, it costs like 150 bucks or so. It's a one-time fee that you pay, and you can you can have this set up. And you can have a business that you have a name for that you can call whatever you want. Um, and you have a legal barrier between you and your personal finances, basically. So with that, as a business grows to a point where if it's starting to become your full-time income, typically I say around forty or $50,000 of income in a year, having a structure like an S-corporation can be really helpful. And that's something that I would probably work with a CPA or, or someone to get that set up. But Basically, what that's going to do is there's going to be some tax advantages to that. Most of your income will have what's called self-employment taxes that are taxed on your income if you don't have an S-corporation. So there can be some savings, especially once you get in a higher level of income with your business, that can be really helpful to have like an S-corporation set up. So obviously, everything's pretty situationally dependent with your overall picture, but these are some things that I would definitely think about or talking with somebody who knows more right away. That's awesome. And I think, yeah, learning about the different structures and how they can benefit you is so important. So yeah, I definitely recommend, you know, talking with a local CPA or lawyer, people who are able to do advice for you on an individual level first before just going and filing an LLC or something. But I do think that's really interesting. I have a question too. So like, I know that there's also, and this is not something necessarily talked about before we hit record, but sometimes people might branch out into other things. So let's say someone adds videography or, you know, starts other businesses, whether it's branching off of their current business or a completely separate one, how would you know when you're structuring a business if you should be doing like a DBA or starting another business? It is not necessarily always a clear line on what feels like it becomes a separate business entity or not. A lot of times, like if it feels like an offshoot of your existing business, doing a DBA makes a lot of sense. If you want to completely separate the finances or any legal ties, creating a whole other LLC or business structure can be really helpful. What I would say is if you're someone who hasn't set up anything yet and you're running a business that's starting to, to grow, like it'd be something I would, I would do pretty early on just because there is not, I would not be scared about the barrier of entry to creating an LLC. It's, it's a pretty simple process. You can, you can hire somebody to do it all for you and it doesn't have to be a substantial investment. So don't be afraid about opening multiple LLCs if you have different business offshoots. So I, yeah, I, I guess that's how I would kind of think about that. Sure. Super interesting. Super interesting. So I know we talked a little bit about, you know, 
what CPAs do and the structuring of your business. And I think a big thing that people have questions about, especially with photographers, there's the whole element of hiring second shooters and people who are working on your team. So do you mind talking a little bit about what that looks like to hire employees versus contracted workers and kind of how people should be thinking about that, especially when they're having second shooters come with them along for weddings? Yeah. So from what I've seen, especially with photographers, is the second shooter is typically something you can you can contract out. So basically what that means, as far as what you should be doing, is I would, I would create some sort of contract. You want to be very clear with kind of what you are expecting of them and then what they're getting in return. So if you're going to say, you show up at this day, you work this many hours, whatever other details are in there. I would create some kind of contract template that you could be repeating and using that. Secondly, there is some tax implications to it too. So the biggest one is that you're on the hook for providing them with a 1099 at the end of the year that shows them I've paid you X amount of dollars over the course of the year. So that's something that you provide to the IRS. So they know that you're paying compensation to somebody and then you provide one to the contractor as well. So if you're working with a CPA, like this is something that they can definitely handle. There's probably ways you could find ways to file it yourself, but definitely something you don't want to ignore. Definitely something you want to make sure you're doing. The other two things that go with that is to be able to provide some of the 1099, you are supposed to have them fill out what's called a W-9 form, and that's going to get all their information from them. It's going to have their social security or if it's actually like a business structure that you're working with it would have their EIN number and it'll have their address and and legal name and that type of stuff so that you're able to actually like not be scrambling to find the information at the end of the year to to provide them with a 1099 that you're going to have it on file so the best advice I would say is just to get this from them up front before you actually do any sort of work with, with a contractor so an employee is going to look a little different. An employee can be a little bit of a gray line on one of employees, but normally there's someone that's working with you on a routine schedule of some sort. It's not just one-off events that they're agreeing to individually. It's something that you come to some agreement that you're typically working X amount of hours a week for a certain hourly rate or a salary amount of some sort. So with that, similar to with a contractor, you'll have tax implications with that. What I would recommend is setting up some sort of payroll solution. I recommend like Gusto or QuickBooks for, for running a payroll. And if you're working with a payrolls provider like that, a lot of them are going to do all this work behind the scenes. So it's going to be way more work to manage manually than, than if you're using a service. It's well worth it. So it's obviously going to get a lot more nuanced than that. But those are some of the main things I would definitely make sure you're thinking about before you decide to work with other people in your business. It's just that you're set up well you're not scrambling after the fact to to get this stuff figured out that you kind of do a lot of this work up front. That's really good. That's really good. And when you're looking at working with people, having them fill out forms with obviously some pretty like sensitive information, do you have a recommendation for how they should go about keeping that on file in a secure way? Because I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of people from what I've seen in the industry, they're like, oh yeah, you just show up, shoot, here's the time. There's, I've seen a lot of lack of contracts. I've seen a lack of, yep. you know, filling out forms. It's been pretty informal. And I think that can really have some implications long-term. But yeah, what would you recommend for someone to put in a structure like this of like having these forms available, keeping them on file in a secure way and just having these systems set up? I'm assuming there's probably things that are really specific to your industry that are able to facilitate sending out a W-9 form or something like that. Um, 
I'm probably not super familiar with some of those, but at the very least, what I would do is is you can find a W-9 form. If you Google it, it'll be an IRS link that takes you to there. That's It's going to be a PDF that they fill out. I probably would recommend doing it digitally. I feel like physical ones easily can get lost or, or misplaced or, or, you know, you don't want those in the wrong hands. But if you do it digitally, I would have some sort of way that you can store files securely. I've used Dropbox before, and then I, I've actually transitioned a lot of stuff to Google Drive. They have some really good features that have stuff that's password protected or, you know, can only be accessed if you log in in certain ways. So I would just have some sort of file system that, first of all, that you don't lose track of. Obviously, that's important. But second of all, that's some sort, somehow protected whether it's password protected or, or you need a certain login to get into it. And definitely is sensitive information that you're dealing with. So you, do, you want to keep it secure. That's super helpful. That's super helpful. So kind of transitioning here into learning a little bit more about kind of like the whys. I know I hear a lot of people saying that they're worried about getting audited and they're growing and they want to make sure everything's done correctly, which I think is a huge benefit of working with a CPA uh, of just making sure that you are ready for anything that might come your way and that everything can just be organized and all of that, which we can talk a little bit later. But do you mind talking a little bit about what is an audit? Is it truly as scary as they say? What does that look like? And yeah, what should people do in terms of like preparing for something like that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So an audit is, it's something I've been a part of with a few of my clients and I wouldn't call it a pleasant experience necessarily. Um, an audit is basically where um, it can be done by either the IRS or whatever state you're, you're filing in. But to start it is basically they'll send you a letter that's saying, hey, we're going to audit your income for this certain tax here. We'd like to see <laughs> documentation or proof of, of basically everything you're putting on your tax return. So that's normally what it looks like. So they're they're going to start a process where they are collecting information from you. So the biggest thing is that, or I guess the biggest thing I would say is that if you have everything organized and you're able to prove, hey, I, I reported that I made $50,000 in my photography last year. Do you have a way of proving that? Do you have a way of showing whether it's through like a bank statement or through a QuickBooks software or some kind of bookkeeping software that you can show how you got to those numbers. Um, and that's going to be the biggest thing that's going to protect you in an audit is just being organized and being able to show proof basically of your financial situation that you reported. What the government's going to be trying to do or, you know, IRS or, or the state is going to be trying to do is, is find opportunities to tax you more. So if you're, if you're understating your income, if you're overstating your deductions or expenses, they're going to be critiquing critiquing those. But the biggest thing is if you, if you have proof of those, then you shouldn't have anything to worry about in terms of, of, you know, having any problems with it. It's not necessarily a pleasant experience, not necessarily something you want to be spending your time on as a business owner. But, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the risk of running a successful business and, and having to pay taxes. So then when someone gets audited, how long does it typically take? And then also, let's say maybe someone was doing this themselves, they weren't super organized, maybe they got some of the numbers wrong. Um, do they just pay that money back or are there other implications? Yeah, so a lot of things are going to take time with these these organizations like the IRS or state. So they won't, they won't necessarily move very fast. A couple of things I'll say is, so they can go back five to seven years back. I have never seen seven. I've only seen five is the longest I've seen someone go back to audit. So first of all, definitely keep track of records and 
hold on to them. <laughs> you don't want to just hit delete on whatever your bookkeeping was from you know a few years ago because they can go back and, and look at that. Um, the second thing is, or the second thing you brought up there is um, kind of how long does it look like? So a lot of times I would say, on average, I would say most of the ones I've been part of are around six months long, just because they send you something, you send them something back, but it can drag on a long time. Sometimes they make you file an amended tax return. So basically give you the opportunity to self-report is basically what they're doing. They're saying, hey, we want you to file an amended tax return. So it's kind of the, the work is back on you to go come up with a more accurate set of numbers to, to report to the IRS. Sometimes they make the changes themselves. They say, hey, we basically did all the work for you or for you to determine how much your income actually was based on this new number. We're going to tax you this additional amount. They're probably going to fine you for, they have a couple different names for it, but basically not reporting it accurately originally. And then there might be some, typically if it's years in the past, they're going to also charge interest on it. So it's definitely something where you don't want to play around with the risk of this. You want to have things organized um, because the penalties like, the penalties can be bad, you know, not to scare anybody, but I mean, the biggest thing is if you stay organized and hold on to that stuff so it's accessible if you ever need to go back to it, that's going to be your biggest shield against any sort of, you know, risk of audit, basically. Cool. Well, I think this would be a great segue into talking about staying organized. Do you mind sharing some tips for people on how they can stay organized in their business? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is, I mean, and I'm going to say this is probably the biggest thing I talk about with, with people, especially newer clients of mine that a lot of them haven't worked with a CPA before. This is the type of stuff that really makes a difference right off the bat that you can be doing. So big first one I would say is you need to separate your personal finances from your business finances and not mix, mix them together. One of the big first things I would do is open up a separate bank account for your business. So you're running all your business income and expenses, you know, through a completely separate banking than than what you would run your normal personal spending through. And that's one that, you know, especially someone if you start out kind of as a hobby photographer, you probably aren't thinking about about that right away. But I've seen people that, you know, things take off escalate pretty quickly with their business and all of a sudden they're left with the, you know, all their gear purchases mixed in with their Chipotle receipts, you know, and stuff. You just don't, you don't necessarily want to like have all that mixed together. So I would say even if you're, even if you're really early on in, in your possible career with, with like photography or, or something, just, just try to separate it out, get it in a separate banking system or separate credit card that you're, you're using for that. And if you don't do anything else, but you come to the CPA at the end of the year and say, I didn't really track anything else, but I have everything separate. That's going to be way more helpful than you trying to sort through a mix of your personal and business spending, which, you know, happens sometimes. The second one I would say, especially as a photographer, is is you're gonna want to track mileage for any sort of driving you're doing related to your business. So for photographers, I know you're typically driving quite a bit for a lot of your stuff. You might be driving all over the, the place. And the easiest way to get a, a good deduction for that is is tracking the mileage. So you can be tracking basically to and from. So if you're driving to a venue location and back, that's 300 miles around trip. You want to just have a running total of that. I know there's apps that, that can make that easier. And then there's also just, if you if you just use a good old 
like spreadsheet or Google sheet or something and just write it in there with a date and description of what your drive was for. You can also just track it that way. But but those those deductions can be really valuable, especially as photographers that probably drive all over the place for, for some of their shoots. So that's another one. And then what I would also say is, you know, we talked about the, the bank account, but even as your business grows, you're going to want to do even a little more organization than that. So what I would do, recommend is, is even pretty early on is getting a bookkeeping system like QuickBooks or something. That's one that I'm a pretty big fan of how user-friendly and easy it is to use. But basically, if you sign up for a QuickBooks, you can connect your bank account or your business bank account or credit card right to there. And it'll just come populate a list of all the spending you've done there. And you can create a category. So you can say, hey, this is for my gear. This is income. This is related to whatever other spending you might have. You can basically like with one click tell it where what category that spending was from. And the nice thing is you can run a report within this, the system and says, hey, here's my income of the year. Here's my expenses. I've made this much this year. And the amount of people that come to me and they don't know how much they've made in a year is, you know, there's a ton of people that haven't tracked that. So they're like, they don't even really know what kind of tax risk they're in because they don't know how much they've made. You know, they end up spending all their money and they're like, I'm not sure how much I even made to begin with. So, so you want to, <laughs> you want to have a, you want to be able to run a report or have something that can say, this is how much I've made my income, it's all my business expenses. So QuickBooks is a really nice solution for that. If you're really just starting out and you don't have that much necessarily going on financially yet, using just a, a spreadsheet that has what I always say is date, description, and dollar amount for what you're spending on. If you just have those three categories and you're saying, hey, you know, I might only have one or two shoots a month. Maybe my only expense right now is I bought a couple lenses and gear. So if you just have a spreadsheet, you know, it could only have 10 things on it, but you need to report that at the end of the year, most likely. So as long as you have some sort of organization where you can easily show what your income and expenses are, that's going to be really helpful. So those are those are some of the biggest things that come to my mind right off the top that are, are honestly a lot of what I work with, you know, photographers and business owners on just to make sure they're they're doing the basics. It's these are things you can probably self-manage. You can definitely find people to do it for you if you want to get this off your plate. But a lot of these things are things you need to self-manage, but you need to be very consistent on it for it to for the system to work. Totally. And I think having those systems in place makes it easy. So I think there's probably a 90 difference between someone who took the time to input the simple, like have a specific credit card because it's registered as an LLC and, you know, have everything itemized and just kind of doing the quick QuickBooks or bookkeeping throughout the time. I'm sure they look at taxis and like, okay, here you go. And it's not going to be a whole thing for them versus when you almost create more work for yourself. And typically the people who do that are the people who are like, I don't want to do this right now. <laughs> you have a lot to do later and you're yeah. going to save your time. So I think that's really good. I think another thing I'd love to talk about why I've got you is just, you know, as business owners, I think it's so easy to, like you were saying, like lose sight of kind of the numbers of your business with just the ins and outs of, you know, mm -hmm. you might even end up at the end of the year and you're not even sure what you made yet, let alone, I think that makes it even more difficult for people to even plan for their future. So I'd love to talk a little bit about like future planning and strategy and how can photographers and videographers or anyone in a wedding industry or small business industry, <laughs> like plan for just their future? Yeah. I mean, and these are, these are questions I definitely have with, with the business owners that I work with. So, I mean, working with, working with professionals on this is really helpful. So working with a CPA, I can't stress that enough. 
will be really helpful for this question to be to come more into clarity. And I'd also say working with a financial planner and a financial advisor on some of this stuff can be really helpful too. If you have thoughts about where you're going to get to where you want to go, whether it's having a growing business that's set up well for success in the long term, or even planning more down the road for retirement or things like that, you want to make sure you're, you're thinking about it as early as possible, I would say. So working with professionals can really help with that. And I would say what you're going to find is is there are ways that you can be even saving money on taxes by making things like retirement contributions to like a retirement account or things like that. So there's definitely ways you can be doing that. I know a lot of people come from a situation where they're maybe we're getting a W-2 from maybe just a normal job that maybe took some money out for retirement kind of automatically without you thinking. And unfortunately, kind of with, with that structure gone, you need to be thinking about things like taxes and retirement and, and they're kind of on you. Insurance, I would say, to health insurance is definitely one that too. Like these type of things are, are things that you're going to have to think about. And whether it's doing a better job of you, your budgeting, doing a better job with actually putting money aside for things <laughs> becomes a lot more important as, as somebody that's kind of transitioning into potentially full-time work as a photographer or something like that. So before we end, I'd kind of love to hear your thoughts on if there's any like common misconceptions or mistakes you see photographers or small business owners making in their business and anything you want to speak to in that sense. Yeah, there's a few that come to mind. One, I would say is that just overall, your business or your photography income is going to be taxed on the profit of it. So if some people are, if there's like a mystery on how your taxes get calculated, it's basically on your profit. So it's going to be your income minus your expenses or deductions. Now, I know people who have told me like, you know, my business had profits of whatever, $20,000, but I didn't pay myself any of that. You're still being taxed on that $20,000 amount. So I know people have come to me with, with a little bit of confusion around like how much they paid themselves. Is what they get taxed on. It's actually just your profits, not how much you're taking out of your business as as pay or con, compensation. So that's one thing I would I would be careful of if if you're if you're leaving a lot of money in your business. It doesn't really matter whether you leave it in your business or take take the money out of your business and as payment to yourself. Um, you're going to be taxed on the profit of your business. And then the 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 second thing I would say that we haven't quite talked about yet is is a lot of businesses get in a situation where if you're starting to become profitable, you'll, you're probably going to want to pay quarterly tax estimates early on. So there's a couple different ways you can approach that. So if you filed the tax return last year, a lot of times there will be estimated amounts that are recommended that you pay for the following year. So if you file a return in 2022, it says, hey, Based on what you filed this year, we recommend you pay a thousand or two thousand dollars a quarter this year. So some people you could just pay those, but a lot of times what I would say is if you work with a CPA and if you have a business that's growing or basically just shifting what it looks like from one year one year to the next, you might be stuck in a situation where you're not paying enough in. So if you made ten thousand dollars in twenty twenty two, but your business is growing, you're going to make. 30, 40, $50,000 next year. You're not, you don't want to be using last year's numbers to calculate your estimated the next year. I have a lot of photographers I go through on a quarterly basis and we calculate out kind of based on your profits and what you should be paying in on a quarterly basis. 
But that's a big one too, just staying ahead of your taxes through quarterly estimates instead of just owing a large mystery amount of money at the end of the year, I feel like is just something that you can be doing just, first of all, just have a little bit of peace of mind that you don't have this thing hanging over your head. And then second of all, you you do avoid some penalties and underpayment fees that the IRS can assess to you as well. So I, there's a lot of reason to do that, to work with the CPA or, or or at least do some try to do some calculations on yourself to get ahead of some of the taxes through, by paying estimates. And one last thing I, I was thinking about too that can save a lot of money on people's tax returns as well, that a lot of photographers are probably already qualified for would be something called a home office deduction. And I think there's maybe a little bit of mystery around what it is. I think there's some ways that people talk about it in one way versus the other. The simplest way I would say that you can use this deduction is if you use a dedicated area of your home for your business. So that this can be storing equipment. If you just have a closet, you store equipment in. If you have a desk that you do all your editing from and you pretty much only use it for that, this is something that you can qualify for. For people that might edit all over their house on their kitchen table, on their couch or something, at least try to have an area of your house that you pretty much only use for your business. That's going to help you with this write-off. So I would say having a dedicated work work area for storage or actual actual editing or that type of stuff can be really helpful. And basically the deduction is based on the square footage of that area. So I always say try to make sure we can calculate that easily and then you can deduct a, a portion of the cost of maintaining your home, whether that's if you pay rent or, or own a home, it's a little bit different, but you know, you can be deducting a portion of your utilities, a portion of your rent or a portion of a portion of your mortgage interest basically for it as well. So there's there's some ways that we can be saving, you know, for some people this this adds up to thousands of dollars as a deduction just for using a portion of their home for their business. So it's a little bit hard to kind of maybe calculate that yourself, but with the help of a CPA, this is one that you can really take advantage of and, and save a bunch of money. Um, so I would definitely make sure that's that's being taken advantage of. Awesome. That's that's so great. I think we could probably go into a whole list of things that you can write off, but I do think it's really important for you to be aware of just what can you write off? How do you write it off? And even just things like parts of your home, like who would have thought that you can you know, do that if you have a dedicated workspace? So I think that's all great. Well, well, Drake, it's been so great talking with you today. Thank you so much for just taking time to share all of this. I think so many people lose clarity when it comes to taxes. I think it can be really overwhelming. And I think everything you just shared today has been super helpful and insightful. And I'm sure so many people will benefit from this episode. And just for people to know a little bit more about you and if they're interested in, you know, learning more about like what it would be like to work with you or anything like that, where can they find you and how can they connect with you? Yeah, yeah. First of all, I'd love to connect with people. If you know, if they have questions, I'd love to see if it'd be a good fit to work with me. I have a few ways probably to connect with me. I have a website. It's going to be cinchaccounting.co, and there's a contact form on there that I'm very responsive to. I do have social media, so my I think my Instagram is cinch underscore accounting. If you want to follow me on there, respond to DMs on there as well. Those are probably the easiest ways to find me. But yeah, definitely feel free to try to find me and get a hold of me. I am happy to connect with anybody out there. And for listeners too, do you, I'm guessing you work with people in the United States. Is, do you work with all 50 states or um, who could work with you? That's a good question. So yeah, we, we did talk about this a little bit, but yeah, no, uh, I am able to 
technically file tax returns for all 50 states. Um, CPAs are a little bit of the freedom to do that. Um, so I, I can work with people all over the country. Um, and most of my work is done very digitally or remotely. So happy to work with people all over the place, whether you're coming from locally here in the Twin Cities or any anywhere in the States here. Awesome. Thank you so much, Drake, for being on today's episode. It was so great just talking with you. And yeah, this was super insightful. And for those of you listening, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Take Your Shot podcast. If you found this podcast helpful or insightful, we would absolutely be honored if you could take a moment to leave us a review on whichever platform you're listening on. If you have any friends who you think would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. And lastly, we absolutely love connecting with you all on social media. You can find us using the links below in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week.